This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, it is a Thursday, and we are still streaming live on the ESPN app. Number for the program is 844-SAY-ACCN. Everybody is accounted for. Otto, bright and bushy-tailed, he is rolling. Back there in the Christmas decoration room. Captain Ron's here. Robert, the boys are here. Chester's sound asleep. Fuller's over there leaning on his buddy. Happy West Durham. Good 19, morning. 19-time Hall of Famer no, from the state of Georgia. No, no. Uh, there's the boy. Look at him. He, I, I hope Fuller doesn't knock over our Woodford Reserve uh, tabletop there. That's, He's almost hit it twice. Care, He's got to be good. careful with that. He's good. Chester apparently really concerned about where this show's going. This Chester morning. is uh, exhausted. Uh, he had a tough night. He's worn out. Is he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. He's almost 14. I yeah. mean, that's like being like 95 years old yeah. humanly. So. He is attitude 100. Uh, pure attitude, yeah. but he's a fine hound. He is a fine dog. Fine hound. Fine we dog. got a lot to do, man. What a crazy night last night, right? The world of college basketball, the world of college I, sports gets knocked again last night. Jay Wright, last night about, what, 6 o'clock, 6.30? Is that when it happened? It was later than that. Was it for yeah. you? Seven-ish. Seven? When I found out. Yeah. Um... It's almost like Jay Wright announced his retirement after 21 years as the head coach at Villanova last night. Two national titles, right? A remarkable, remarkable coaching career, Hall of Famer. But out of nowhere, this one comes. And I got no real, you know, everything seems to be okay type thing, right? I mean, no concerns of any kind like that. But Jay Wright shocks college basketball by retiring. Um, I tell you, Wes, I'm not sure I've met a classier person in Great college guy. athletics than yep. Jay Wright. Unbelievable. Um, forget coaching a second. Mm-hmm. Forget coaching. He's a Hall of Famer. He's great. Yep. Great, great, great. But as far as people go, right. I'm not sure I've met a nicer person than yeah. Jay Wright. He's, that's, I'm, I'm just telling you. He is, he is salt of the earth. Yep. Uh, incredibly... Ultra successful mm-hmm. and treats everybody with such respect. Uh, you wish he was your next door neighbor. That's who he is. Yeah, he. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, before he went to Villanova, when he was at Hofstra, Georgia Tech played his Hofstra team. This is like 98, 99, somewhere along in their pack. Crimmins is still coaching Georgia Tech. And we go to the ECAC holiday, the old ECAC holiday festival at the Garden, right? And Georgia Tech's playing Hofstra, and Georgia Tech's favored. And so I sent a, a call, phone call to the Hofstra SID. Could I interview Jay Rice, part of the pregame show? It's just something we did type deal. And he was great. Five and a half minutes, happy to be on. Great conversation the whole bit, right? Hofstra ends up beating Georgia Tech by like 18 points. I mean, a really good team. Speedy Claxton was on that team, you know, played in the league and stuff like that. So it is down the road. This is like – He's gotten the Villanova job, so on and so forth. Seven years later, I happened to be in an airport in Atlanta, and Jay Wright's there. Went up and said, Coach Wright, West Durham, we met one time. I remember Georgia Tech at the Garden, the Christmas, unbelievable. And we stood there and talked 10 minutes about his travels and his team and everything. But you're right. When you meet Jay Wright, you can see why he's so successful recruiting. Oh. No he doubt. engages you, and yet at the same time, uh, our mutual friend Nicole Auerbach 
did a story on him like when he first started, like five years before he won his first national championship. And, you know, she's talked about that story and the development of that story. But that's the kind of engagement Jay Wright gave. And he was great with media. Not good with media, great with media. And I think he will be missed in college basketball. This is a void now. Doesn't impact the ACC directly, but it does indirectly. It does. It, it, it affects every conference, in my opinion. Um, hey, we just lost in the last just over a year. We've lost Roy Williams, Mike Shashevsky, and now Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Yep. I I, I got to tell you, this is a humongous blow to college basketball. And I I, I know you're going to say, oh, you're blowing this out of the water. No, I am not. Uh, this is a guy only 60 years of age. And the mm-hmm. reason I bring that up is 60 is really a young guy. I mean, still, in this day and age of right. coaching and life and everything else, 60 is young. I think it is a direct – the guy's made a ton of money, right? I mean, forget money aside. I know aside. what you're getting ready to say. When I heard this last night, I, I did a deep sigh and went, oh, boy, Another this one. is a problem because mm-hmm. college sports – especially basketball, needs direction. And when you lose the figures, and I'm not even talking about X's and O's. Right. I'm talking about influence of culture, doing it the right way, creating a standard by which everybody should measure themselves. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams, North Carolina, Mike Krzyzewski, Duke, Jay Wright, Villanova. I'm not so sure I couldn't pick the best three in terms of culture, what it's about, mm-hmm. and what basketball should be than those three guys. Right. And this is a sport that lost, it's really, in my opinion, it's best three in 13 months. And it's the other thing is this, Wes. The fact that Jay Wright, who has been now to three Final Fours, won two national championships within the last six years, the culture, when you meet a Villanova player, it's like Carolina. It's like Duke. When you have conversations with the student athletes, you understand why there is an elite excellence to these programs. And for folks that don't understand what I'm saying right now, you won't understand what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you that this is the best of the best. And for a guy to be of the age of 60, uh, who still, that you would think, hey, he's got another decade plus if he wants to do it walks away from the sport, has all the money in the world, and you sit there and you look at where we are with name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, creating a culture that can survive all the uneasiness, the unsteadiness of what has now become college athletics, I think it is an alert. It is a flag. It is a wake up. We've got to start doing something. Now, the good news, if you want to look for it, in my opinion – is that guys like Roy Williams, mm-hmm. Mike Shashevsky, and Jay Wright, we need them now more than ever before. And it's got nothing to do with setting up a great inbounds pass or setting up a full court press or Xing an O or filling out a way to, hey, how can I go grab a McDonald's All-American for my team? We need these guys more than ever before. But last night's news, I think it's stunning for college athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, forget Villanova a second. They'll have to deal with losing a legend right. and trying to figure that thing out, much like what John Shire's doing, what Hubert Davis is doing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But college sports, and we've talked about this a lot on this show, yep. we have a front row seat 
for the biggest transition in the history of it. And I'm talking about college athletics. Right. Jay Wright's news last night was shocking. I get it, especially in this day and age, but it's also a wake-up call that we're going through some – this is a critical time mm-hmm. for people like Jay and, and Kay and Roy that we need them. We really do no because this this is a this I think has a trickle down effect that you wonder that hey we are blessed to see guys have a long incredible run, mm-hmm. but I think those days are coming to a screeching halt with the way we're going. I, I don't really think do. well, and that's why we you and I talked about it in the curtain call that night with Debbie. Yeah, we we're not going to see Mike Shashevsky again. That's right. Mike Shashevsky's not coaching in college athletics again. That person. That 40 years, one place, it's not happening. Number one, we've said it's been said dozens of times, if not hundreds of times, today's college athletics might no matter how good Tom But it took a special human being in Tom Butters to let Mike Krzyzewski survive in the 80s. Exactly right. Okay? Just like it took a special person in Dave Brain to let Frank Beamer survive at Virginia Tech. When everybody else was showing up mad, that's the issue we're facing now. And and the and the other thing, and we'll go back to this again. And I promise you, a lot of this offseason is going to be about this. We got to have leadership in college basketball. We got to have leadership in college athletics. Right now, the big picture in college basketball is muddier than it's ever been. And quite frankly, some of this stuff that we're dealing with in college football, the transfer portal and the NIL and all that germinated from the shoe wars in college basketball. Those were the little sparks. And now you're losing, and this is an excellent point on your behalf, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, and Jay Wright in 13 months. Now I'll tell you this. You want to do the – that's a hat trick, by the way. That's a bad hat trick. And here's the other thing, too. Tom Izzo calls in the next 60 days, we're out. Because Tom Izzo's, that's the guy. That's now the guy coaching. And you can maybe put Cal in there, but Calipari's over there on kind of another side of the wall a little bit. Bill Self, other side of the wall, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the standard. I agree with you. And and there's no doubt that Izzo's on that list. But the three guys that we do not have on the sideline, the I'm I'm talking about the culture of the game. The culture of the game. Right. The essence of what a student athlete's supposed to be. I'm with you. The whole day. Man, th- this is a huge blow last and, night. And college a basketball needs. If you would have asked me yesterday afternoon, from a college basketball standpoint, right. who would be your number one coach in the sport in terms of what it represents, what it's supposed to represent? Kay doesn't count because he's retired. Right. I would have told you number one is Jay Wright. I agree. Number one. And it would have been, he's one. And then I'm going to give a pause, and, and I probably would have gone Izzo too. Probably would have gone Izzo yeah. too. Um, but this is a huge blow. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, and I know you're going to think, oh, Pac, you're blowing this out of proportion. No, I'm not. Um, and look, I know we got Syracuse folks watching. I know Jim Beheim's 46 years at Syracuse. Yes, he falls into the Mike Shishet. When Jim Beheim goes, no that's it too. No doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I understand that part. But. You're right. The culture of college basketball has taken a major hit. No question. And that's something the the sport 
and its leadership have to find a way to recover from. And I think, again, you talk about it, I agree. I think the landscape of coaching is getting pretty volatile right now for guys who are and here's the other thing. Late 50s, 60s. Wes, here's the other thing. Everybody's making a ton of cash. Making a ton of cash. Right. right? And, you know, all of a sudden, it's not a money thing anymore. These, When you're making five, eight, ten million a year, that's right. a ton of cash. I'm so with it's you. sitting there, and all of a sudden, you're getting beat up having to re recruit your own guys constantly. Oh, yeah. Whether we're talking football or hoops or baseball or whatever. And the fact that kids can get up in the middle of the night and leave, sight unseen, gone. And you're sitting I mean, there trying we don't have to educate. Rails. What are we going to do? It's a problem. And yeah. so uh, this um, this was a really disturbing story. Last, I, I'm thrilled for Jay. Number one, because he can walk out on his terms, which in, in this day and age That's cr- is saying something, right? That you can say, "Hey, I'm done. Catch you later. I'm walking out the door." And I hope he has a wonderful life. If he never coaches again, it's been an honor to watch him, and more importantly, an honor to know him. Yeah. But that was a huge blow to college athletics last night. Uh, good show coming for you today. Matt Wilson will be here. Uh, runs a 4x400. In fact, he's an All-American in the 4x400 at Pittsburgh as part of our coverage of ACC Unity Week. 9 o'clock hour, the legendary voice of the Florida State Seminoles, Gene Deckerhoff, will be here. Tony Elliott live from practice. This is a Packer and Durham exclusive. We've never done this. You'll get to see Virginia practice while we talk to Tony Elliott. And Sydney Sherrill will be here. Again. They open the series tonight, right? Clemson, Florida State. Clemson, Florida State. It's coming up. On ESPN2 tonight. So, Game 2 and Game 3 are on ACC Network. Game 1 tonight on ESPN2. So, Sydney Sherrill will be here. we got more news coming up. Apollo uh, Bancaro, by the way, has uh, announced his intention, no surprise here. No surprise. To enter the NBA draft. And uh, we'll talk about that and more. we got a busy night in baseball and other things. And uh, happy birthday to my kids. We're going to get – oh, no, 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 you can't – no, 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 no. You can't just slide that in like, uh, you know, I got uh, some chicken stuck in my tooth. No, no, no. It's a big deal, man. It is a big Your deal. Your kid's birthday. Oh, there God, go. there they are. Look. Look at there. On the floor at Little John Coliseum. You may have heard of Will proling the sidelines in the ACC this year. Uh, my daughter, Emily – Florida State grad, as you can tell by the shirt pack. Oh, yeah. Got the pride. Uh, Working in D.C. for Lewis Burke and Associates. Very proud of her. Incredibly proud of Will. They were born on this day, three minutes apart, April 21st, 1999. Nice. Just like that pack in a flash, isn't it? It goes by quick. It goes by fast, boy. Love you both. Happy birthday. Um, And you've already gotten your presents. And be nice to dear old dad, will you? Huh? Please. He's Be hang- nice to do he's, that. He's hanging on, right? <laughs> All right, when we he's come back. He's getting bombed by my dog right now. Not with yet. With a sulfur biscuit. Not Be yet, nice to your dad. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of the planes arriving to the target zone, I'm sure. All right, when we come back, uh, the night in baseball and uh, more. A full show. Glad to have you with us. Thursday's Packer and Durham is on the ride next on the Atlantic Coast Conference Television Network. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. It is a Thursday. 
Huge news last night with Jay Wright. Like I said, I do think it has an effect on the ACC and everybody else in college sports. But there's a lot of stuff going on, Wes. Uh, yeah, we got plenty here. Uh, baseball and softball from last night, yep. including, uh, tell you what, Virginia Tech doing it again, aren't they? They're hot. I mean. Top 10 hot in both softball and baseball. Yeah, but last night in, you know, the Hokies – Take a 3 nothing lead in the first and then roll 5-2 against Tennessee, huh? I mean, that's all you want, isn't it? So, great win on the road for Coach Pete. Emma Limley starts in the circle last night in Knoxville. Look at this diving catch. That's a takeaway. Yeah, I just go back to our interview earlier this week. You know, there seems to be a calmness about and confidence about this team yeah. that they know they belong and they're proving it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's I go back to that series of Florida State, which was the ultimate top five showdown. They take two or three. We're looking for a sweep, and we know the excellence, which is Florida State. Meredith Slaw, by the way, Packer and Durham bump two for three in RBI. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just thought, I, I, and I said this yesterday on the show. I liked the demeanor of her answers to our questions, where they was just matter of fact, like, "Hey, you know what? We had experience last year. We know we belong. We got great chemistry. We get along. We know how to play. Well coached, and they're just getting the job done." I like the old Jimmy Sharp VT on the jersey too, Coach Pete. Yep. Yep. Like yep the old yep. Jimmy Sharp. Oh, I'm looking for Roscoe Coles carrying the football. Yep. It's a good-looking man. Home run. ACC good having night. a good week. Baseball and softball against the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Keely Rochard in relief last night shut the door. <laughs> what's what's new with what's that? What's new with that? She just comes in and closes uh, the deal. Bree Peck hit the two-run homer, and you saw Emma Ritter's diving catch in left field, uh, bottom of the third, to uh, take the balls out. Hokies softball, Hokies baseball. Again, both in the top ten and legit. Yep. Uh, you want to go to the baseball scoreboard? Let's do it. Let's do it, shall we? Mostly, mostly good news. Lesson. Yeah, mostly good news. The the big one at PNC Park went eleven innings. West Virginia ends up winning three two. Uh, Virginia Tech traveled over to uh, Radford and beat the Highlanders thirteen to eight. Number six Virginia six four winner over Georgetown. Told you we gotta get the who's rolling, man. Yeah. By the way, UConn one hit BC last night. By the way, they're also 15th in the country. UConn's awfully good. Yeah. Tell you, there are two sneaky teams in the Northeast in college baseball. Notre Dame, a 12-2 winner over uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne. Clemson, touchdown, field goal safety over East Tennessee State. NC State on the road at High Point, beat the Panthers. And Florida State needed 11 to clip number 25, hey, Georgia Keep an Southern. eye on the Knowles, man. They just got done sweeping Louisville over the weekend, and here they are beating another top 25 team in extras. And by the way, speaking of NC State, I want to give a shout-out to Elliot Avent. He sent me 11 photos and notes from his trip to Italy. He, he was watching the no, show the other no, day no. and said, Pac, when are you going? No, no, no. no. You don't think he did? Well, remember, he sent you the picture, like, after you had gone to the uh, – What's the deal where you walk to the top of the stairs, thought you were going to die? Yeah, that's the Duomo. In, uh, the Duomo. In Florence. Yeah, and then he had sent you the picture of his picture of the Duomo in, right. the, back, in the background when he went to Italy. Right. Well, you two over there together. Now, that'd be a sign. Well, we hope. That would be content. That would be a new reality program on ACC Network is what that would be. Packer and Avent in Italy. Oh, that'd be awesome. God, that would be a great show. That would be a trip. But we need to do the Derby together first. Then we'll do Italy together. Oh, my God.
But Elliot sent me 11 pages of notes. Look at this. You can't see this really. Look at this. See all these pictures? Look at this. I'm just scrolling down. These are all Elliot Avent pictures. It's a picture book. Yeah. Of all the places. Of then, his pictures? Yeah, yeah. Then he gives me this. Places to eat in Florence. What, he pull a bag out? Yeah. And he's got the whole breakdown. So he's, where are you going? So we were going he back and forth. kept that stuff? You always keep that stuff. I keep, I've got a whole folder of restaurants and places to eat. Menus and, and bags? I got menus in here. We've had people send menus uh, in the ACC footprint of barbecue joints. That's a different story. That's the same concept. <laughs> so I told him, he's like, man, I can't wait to get back. So I said, listen, I'll take some great notes for you. Right. He gave me a couple places in Florence, which I did not know about. Some old leather shop that's been there for 700 years. He said, great food's right in front of the leather shop. There are a bunch of places in Florence. And then you get on 501 and I, go to Myrtle Beach. I'm not talking about going, hey, hello, Pedro. Welcome to <laughs> no, Myrtle Beach. No, that's Dillon, South Carolina. Whatever. I'm not that's south of the border, my man. No, I get that. That. That's traveling. It's majestic. <laughs> <laughs> those that know, know. Uh, and those that don't. Need to look it up. <laughs> free fireworks. Get an extra order of pancakes. Get a free order of fireworks. Pedro says, stay here. <laughs> oh, my God. Pac says, let's go. Adios. Going this way. Can I share one quick story? All right. For those of you that don't know, there is a place. It's still there, I guess, right? I have not been lately. I haven't either. But I'm going to be on that road this summer, so I may actually stop by. I don't think Vicky's ever seen it. Oh, that's you got to do that. <laughs> Poor so, Vicky. There is a place on I-95 at the North Carolina-South Carolina state line in Dillon, South Carolina, right? Isn't that the line? Dillon? Yeah. Rufus R. Freight Train Jones' hometown. Oh, Rufus R. South of the border. And there are billboards from Virginia <laughs> through North Carolina counting down to south of the border. There are billboards coming from Georgia through South Carolina to count you down to south of the border. It is, I don't know what to call it. Tacky? <laughs> anyway. Eyesore? Embarrassing? And people used to stop there all the time. I think it originally was just a place to get gas and everything else, and next thing you know, it ends up being hotels. You get your full tank of gas park. And, a, and a chicka stick. Don't be talking about two sticks now. <laughs> Stuff happens. All right, let me, uh, let's me let get through softball here. Uh, not that we're going to get through it. We would need to tell you. First Coach, of all, though, Elliot, I appreciate the no, tips, my man, because I know he watches I mean, every day. Who knew AAA was Elliot Avent? That's Five-star AAA Elliot Avent. Um, all right, Syracuse Colgate got scratched off the card last night. That game was canceled. Uh, BU beat Boston College in softball 3-2. That's a battle of Com Ave. NC State a winner. 9-6 over East Carolina. You see Liberty beat Duke 8-3. Georgia Tech uh, in Panthersville wins 3-0 on Georgia State. Carolina beats Central 8-0 in 5. And, of course, the Hokies. What's up with Liberty ruining Duke's party? They beat them in baseball. Duke upsets what, Notre Dame over the weekend, right? Top 10 Notre That's Dame. It. They sweep yeah. them. And then Liberty beats Duke in baseball. And then they come up and they slap around number 11 Duke in softball. Yeah. What's going on with Liberty? Yeah. Get them off the schedule. Uh, Head them Cle over to Pedro. Clemson and Florida State start tonight. It's on ESPN2 from Tallahassee. Uh, and then tomorrow uh, on the softball side, Carolina's at Notre Dame. Duke's at Syracuse. Pitt's at Virginia. NC State, B.C. And Louisville at Virginia Tech. Those are the Friday-Sunday series. And, of course, the television series tonight, Clemson-Florida State, all three games 
Uh, two, one on ESPN2 tonight, the other two on ACC Network this weekend. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Going to be good. Baseball, ACC tournament's going to be great. Yeah, the baseball series, by the way, uh, all of those start tomorrow, I think, yeah. um, without the Easter holiday. Yeah. You got Wake at Notre Dame, uh, Virginia Tech at BC, Dukes at Georgia Tech, Florida State at Clemson, Carolina's at Virginia, Pittsburgh's at Miami, and NC State's at Louisville. Yeah, NC State Louisville, to me, is the one you circle. I agree. Yeah, I think that's Big the time. one. That's Louisville the one you is playing lights out. Fresh off of beating yeah. up on Kentucky like they normally do in baseball, 13 in the last 16. Yeah. NC State, Elliott, of course, got Italy on the brain. Don't worry go. about it. Yeah. There's a look at the series. Um, man, look at all the numbers. 18, 8, 11, 5, 16. Look at them. Really good baseball league. Wake, really uh, Wake Notre Dame will be a good one because mm-hmm. the Deeks can rake it and the Irish have been playing well until their trip to uh, Duke. That That's was it. a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've taken Casey off the rails completely in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, she's minutes. mad at us a little bit because we have completely uh, we, taken we had a plan, the game a plan. plan and and is, I, yeah. I kind of got on the Jay Wright tirade too early, and yeah. uh, but we'll get it straight now. We'll, we'll, we got two and a half hours to get it right, <laughs> and we will. We have to. You know why? We have uh, big-time uh, ESPN executives coming by the studio later oh. on. You wow. know that? Yeah. Did you shave and shower? Did you pretend? I did shave. Okay, that's good. <laughs> shower. Yeah, yeah, one for two. It's not bad. When we come back, we are a week away from the opening night of the National Football League draft. And there are a few things here about the draft we'll need to keep an eye on. Remind you quickly that Friday and Saturday night, we got softball on ACC Network. Clemson, Florida State, 6 o'clock Friday, 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. And, of course, tonight's opening game is on ESPN2. There's a look at where we fall with the softball coverage right here on ACC and streaming live on the ESPN app. And when we come back, NFL draft. One of the more curious prospects here in the last 10 days has become where Sam Howell might fall. However, one thing has become also a talking point. The number one quarterback next Thursday night off the board might be Kenny Two Gloves. Back after this. Packer and Durham. Jeff Gorski, friend of the show, so to speak, has uh, confirmed that South of the Border is still, still in very business. much in business. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. In fact, it sounds like in a correspondence with executive producer Drew Brooks that he took some newbies by there last weekend, and they were flabbergasted Is that when right? they saw south of the border. <laughs> they were worried for a second that they literally <laughs> truly had crossed the border? No, no, no. They were just like, oh, my gosh, what has happened here? That's it. Yeah. That's, Pedro welcomes That you. is south of the border, south is it not? South of the border. Yeah. That's a real place. Boy, we're helping, those, we're helping out tourism a little bit. All that's right. That's what we do. The draft is one week from tonight. Can you feel the anticipation in Las Vegas of Roger Goodell stepping to the microphone. Do we have to bring the chair back? Uh, no, no, Roger no, Goodell no. He, we don't have that anymore. Well, no, because no, it's right here. No, this is, you know, well, that, it's ours now. He's not getting that back. But remember that, that a couple years ago? Yeah. I, I laughed so hard. <clears throat> well, let me tell you something. At the NFL draft. The, the poor guys, you know, I, I've gone on this wellness kick yeah. in 22. Yeah. Try to get three miles in every day just to start. Yeah. Those guys literally walked three miles through a corridor to the stage to sit in this chair right here, the Chester right now. Oh, that was in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. when they walked forever. Remember that? And they kept walking. You're like, dude, can we not get them to the stage? Yeah. I mean, they're going to be 
Third year in the league by the time they get the chance to hug Rob. Oh, that was last year they did. I don't know when it was. Because the pandemic draft was in 20. That's the one where a league official later told me, yeah, uh uh-huh, we'll find a way. (laughs) I was like, no kidding. You found a way that night. I give the NFL all the credit in the world. They turned it into an amazing event. Right. And and I love what they've done in separating (laughs) round one versus everything else. And you get all the wackos going nuts. Well, last year was in Cleveland where they had the long walk. And now you can count on a walk in Vegas next Thursday. I I think the NFL is brilliant in their marketing. No question. I mean, really. They are. It's the 800-pound gorilla. And they're brilliant with the way they go about their business. And next week will be a huge deal. And again, congratulations to all these guys that get drafted. And it's a lifetime opportunity, okay. right? You got to right. do it. Here is the bar bet to beat all bar bets. You know, on this program. Be careful with a statement like that now. That my man bet. comes up with, like, questions. Like, when he says, now that's a bar bet, okay? Here is a bar bet for you. There is, I know where you're going. And this is a ACC bar bet. It's a big-time ACC bar bet. All right, so you're a fan of, say, Miami. So in the last five years, what Miami player has played the most games in the National Football League? Good right? luck. Good luck. Okay? You're a Clemson fan. What Clemson player in the last five years has played the most games in the National Football League? Good luck. Good luck. Uh, I'll even give you one. You're a Florida State fan. What former Seminole in the last five years has played the most games in the NFL? We got the whole list here, and we're going to show it to you. If I told you that Pat O'Donnell of Miami and Tyler Shatley of Clemson lead the league, now Riley Dixon of Syracuse, also has played 81 games. He's a punter. Okay? But in the last five years, these are the guys representing their school. Morgan Moses, great offensive lineman from Virginia. Thomas Hennessy of Duke. Harrison Bucker of Georgia Tech, 77. Look at the 79. Aaron Donald. Andy Lee's a punter at San Francisco and other places. Aaron Donald's played 79 games in the last five years, and he's the best. Right? Tyler Shatley, offensive lineman, 81. You could have given me 50 guesses. Okay. And I've been 0 for 50. Would Virginia Tech fans have guessed Kyle Fuller is the question? Uh, I think some Hokie fans might have gotten around to that in 50 tries, but I assure you Clemson fans would not have guessed Shatley. What about what about uh, Joe Tooney at NC State? Would anybody have guessed Joe Tooney, no. NC State, 81? No. No, no, no. But I, I tell you what, to me, the like the, the cool bar bet with all of this stuff, if you ask an ACC football fan okay. in the last five seasons in the ACC, what school has had the most players drafted? I think almost 99% of fans would go, oh, that's stupid, Clemson. That would be a wrong answer. That would be the wrong answer. To me, that is the, the <clears throat> ultimate bar bet because yep. it, there seems to be an easy answer and you go, what? That is not right? No, it is not. Yeah. Go the, figure. Here it is. Now, this is one you can take in the office this with This is a bar bet right here. Last five years, most players drafted. Miami, 28. Clemson is second at 27, and then there's a drop down to 17. North Carolina, Florida State, NC State. Now, you know what people are screaming at the screen right now. Hey, Miami, what the heck? 
28 guys in the league. Right. What have we won? Well, where, where have we been? This I mean, is, that's what you're screaming right now at the league if you're a Miami fan looking at that stat. How about that? I mean, Clemson has obviously been – we know what they're all about. Right. But Miami's got more guys drafted than Clemson and everybody else in the league in the last five years. That is a great bar bet. Yep. Really good. Uh, like with anything, <laughs> there are some uh, some wagers out there. No. Over-unders, if you will. Now, where is this being held again? Vegas. And there's <laughs> wagers? Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Who would have thought? There's some props out there. Let's show you a couple props that there are now available. These are good. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Andrew Booth, a permanent member of Wide Receiver U on this program. Right. One of the couple times. Over under 26 and a half. Meaning that's where he's going to get picked. Right. First round. Yep. You know what? I'm going to go under. Gonna I would go. go I'm going to go under two. I think there's some trigger points in the draft up near the top that will uh, solidify this, but I think that Andrew Booth is going to be under 26 and a half. Yeah, I think he'll be picked before the 26 selection of the first round. Roger Gunnell says, I don't even know who's got the 26 pick. Really okay. doesn't care, but whatever. Now, here's a tough one. Because Iki Iquanu of NC State's over-under is three and a half. He's not going one. Okay, it's pretty much a given that Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan is going to be number one. Does that make any sense to you? Well, it, it, the last time no. I saw Hutchins play, Georgia put a hat on him, and I didn't hear his name. That's the whole night. that's correct. Um, the issue here is need. Yeah, and to me, now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put my NFL hat on here. Go for ahead. A you, you got an NFL hat. Well, you're, the, I, you're the legendary voice yeah, of the legendary NFL. Voice. <laughs> Thanks. We just sit here and root against. Him. Um, the idea that Clemson. Uh, that Trevor Lawrence came out of Clemson with really not a lot of offensive line help. And to me, Jacksonville still needs offensive line help. They've tried to do some things in free agency. But, Pac, there's such a premium on pass rush that Trent Baalke's having a hard time getting around the fact that this guy might be – what Jacksonville can't afford to do is not take a guy who becomes a star. Right. When you got the first pick of the draft, right. you got to hit a home and, run. And Hutchinson, long-term home Hutchinson run. feels like, and I know what you're, and you're exactly right about the Orange Bowl. Oh, my way. God. Georgia I mean, blocked him and went, really? Okay, yeah, but, we see this all the time. Sure. So what I'm getting at is, is that in some ways, Hutchinson is probably the right pick, no. but in terms of their number one need, they need to protect their million-dollar investment at quarterback. A guy called me yesterday on the radio and asked me that question. I said, I, I, listen, I'm not a general manager. I don't even pretend to be right. one. But, man, no. you, you drafted a quarterback that's got to be the golden child here's for the, you for a decade. But here's the you trick. You better get him surrounded with great players. Here's the trick on Iquanu. This is, this is really the issue on Icky. Jacksonville's one. Detroit is two. It looks like Detroit is going to take somebody else on defense. They could take Kayvon Thibodeau. They could take Kyle Hamilton. It's been everywhere. There's a chance they take Neal, the tackle from Alabama, right? He'll be a great player, He's too. He's going to be a great player, too. Iquanu then would be three. Is it possible New York? Yes, it's possible. But this over-under at three and a half for him, I think, is a dangerous, dangerous bet. You know what? Because nothing- he, he could be two. He could be six. That's – I mean, my ballpark for him is two to five. Really, it could be six. And I'm horrible at this. But I would say he is anywhere from two to Detroit or potentially five. 
He's going to be a rich dude next week. And he's going to eat a ton of pancakes. He's a great guy. We've yeah. had him on the show. Love that he's, kid. He's gregarious, and he's a tremendous player. And if I were Jacksonville, and I'm not, you know what I'd do? I'd trade down and load up on picks. That's what I'd do. Wow. But that's got nothing they're to do not, with what we do here. not the only ACC. one I'd like to see do that. Um, Are you saying that your beloved Falcons I, should do that? I, they got eight, and I think there's collateral at eight. The problem is, is that everybody's scared at the top. I just hope Kenny Pickett. Is going to be my next door neighbor. Well, stop. Let's get to the rest Can I of do these. that? Hang on. Let's get Jermaine Johnson first. All right. His over-under is nine and a half. And I'm going to say over. I think he's a sleeper in this draft. I think he's a really good player. Um, his productivity is sensational. And I tell you what, they loved him at the Senior Bowl week. He made himself some cash yeah, that he week. Did. Big time. Yep. He To the point that he could shut down. And when guys can shut it down in Mobile, is pretty good. Yes, sir. Uh, but I would tell you that I think uh, I think Jermaine Johnson is over nine and a half. All right, how about your new neighbor? How about Kenny Pickett? I want Kenny Pickett in Charlotte. Do you? I do. Okay. All I right. So I got a house right up the street. Being, come rolling in here. Kenny Pickett's over under is uh, is nine and a half. Ah. What are you thinking there, neighbor? What are my Panthers picking? Six. They should be picking one. As bad as they are, what are they picking? Panthers are uh, six. Six. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett under nine and a half. Okay. With uh, the sixth pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Mark Packer's neighbor, Kenny Pickett <laughs> from Pittsburgh. What about Can you Sam? imagine? What about Sam Howell? I don't mind Sam Howell. Is he going to buy the house up here too? Yeah, I've got a place for Sam Are too. Have you already kind of you contacted the Panthers to tell them? Oh, no. They, okay. they don't. I mean, no, I, you can go find my name as a PSL owner when they originally scammed everybody with all that nonsense 30-some-odd years <laughs> oh, ago. great. That's a nice term. No, I don't care. What do you, what do you use that term? Oh, that's the truth. Okay. But, uh, yeah, if Sam Howell's a Panther, and i got a house for Sam right up the street. Okay. With the sixth pick. So you're saying Kenny Pickett to the Panthers. You're going NFL under. Brother, you're going Panthers under select, nine and a half. That's Mark where you're Mark Packer's standing. neighbor, Sam Howell. <clears throat> you're standing. North Carolina. You're standing at nine. I'm That's going to go under for Kenny Pickett. Okay. Mark under, the tape. Under. You're taking Kenny Pickett at six. Well, at six. Six. Yeah. Kenny Pickett's a Panther. I'd look. God, would I love to see that? Uh, I'm going to say Kenny Pickett. Can you imagine if, if the Panthers get him? Seriously. If you don't think he uh, next Friday morning show. Let me tell you something. Will be hilarious if if Kenny Pickett ends up here in Charlotte. I guarantee it; he'll be sitting right here at some point in time as a professional player on the show. I'm sure we'll work it out. He's got people now. We got to be careful. Ah, we got people. All right, got dogs. last one here. We're going to prospect Zion Johnson of Boston College. Now his over under is twenty six and a half under. I don't know, Pac. I'm going under. I like I, I like the guy. I'm rooting for. Him. I am too, and I think he's going to be a pro for 100 years. I do too. But the thing about Zion Johnson is he kind of falls into the second tier of offensive linemen. I think he can play multiple positions, I agree with that. He has played multiple positions. And I think he showed that the Senior Bowl and the NFL suits liked it. Okay. Well, you got a lot of draft intel for somebody who doesn't care. Well, I I don't pay attention to it, but I do read a lot. Yeah. I think here the deal is on Johnson. 26 and a half, and I think he's slightly over. Oh, come on. I think he's back into the first round. And here's the other thing, too. New Orleans shook this thing up. Just a final draft note here. New Orleans shook this thing up on some trades to to pick up multiple first-round picks. 
I'm just going to tell you here, the way this thing is going to play out on the back end is going to get really interesting, especially about the time it gets to 25 with Buffalo, 26 with Tennessee, uh, 27 Tampa, 28 Green Bay. That area right there I think is going to be really volatile. Yeah, I'll be sound asleep by the time they get to the 20s. Once Kenny Pickett, what about your neighbor? Once Pickett's here, we're good. Or Hal's here, we're good. I don't, I don't care what anybody else does. Uh, we got big-time lacrosse tonight on the ladies' side on ACC Network from Chapel Hill tonight under the lights. Everybody's excited. We've got Jamie Ortega with the stick and the ball trying to score on Sophia LaRose. We're going to replay both interviews from yesterday coming up. And when we come back, the goaltender of the Duke Blue Devils, Sophia LaRose, in case you missed it on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Sophia LaRose, native of San Diego, does a great job in goal for Duke and uh, Kirsten's team, and she joined us yesterday. Uh, and we started our visit with, got the hardest job in the ACC, right behind Jim Phillips, because you had to defend Charlotte North over the weekend, and tonight you get Jamie Ortega of North Carolina. We got two great matchups, um, but our team has been doing really good, just being focused on the next competition and, you know, scouting to really give us good looks to feel prepared going into tomorrow's game. So we're excited for it. It's going to be a great matchup. It's a night game. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Now you told us under the lights, it's even better. So you like that primetime stuff, don't you? That must be that West Coast kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Being under the lights or a little bit of rain it always sets the mood and makes it a little bit more intense. I like it. <laughs> All right. So this season, uh, Dana Boyle was with us a couple weeks ago, and she even mentioned, hey, look, Duke is the one to keep an eye on. We've talked about Carolina. We've talked about Boston College. Syracuse has had some moments. You guys have won nine in a row now. What, what has caused this? What's been the spark behind this momentum shift late in the year? You know, I just think we have so much depth on the field and so much heart amongst our team. You know, Cat Bear and Katie DeSimone on the attacking end, they've been solid for us. You know, Maddie Jenner, who you just had on, she has been so solid on the draw, along with a lot of our middies. So, like, Olivia Carter and Abby Landry, they're forces on the midfield line. And then on the defensive line, like, Everyone on defense are veterans, except we have one freshman, Riley Trainer, who's been a great addition to our defensive unit. So with all of our units, everyone's just been staying so focused and hungry to get that next win. Um, and our fire is still burning. So we're excited, you know, as we are going into each game. Sophia, it's always cool to talk to student athletes on teams that have that chemistry, have that bond that seems like, hey, you know what, we got something special going on here. Did you get a sense with this team this particular year that there is something special about this Duke team? Yeah, we are so close. We do so much off the field to really build that chemistry um, mm. on the field. And again, I just think we have like the next level commitment to this program and to win a national championship at the end of this and so much passion, which is all you need to you know win a national championship, which we hope to do. Do you think that the COVID experience that everybody went through made the, like a trickle-down effect that, hey, because you had to go through unbelievably unusual circumstances that now that we've come through this, for the most part, 
that you do have a kind of a special bond, that you have gone through something up and above what a normal student would have gone through at any point in time prior to the pandemic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it just felt like a lot of people had unfinished business to do. So we do have a lot of, I think we have six returners this year and we'll have at least six of us returning next year. Um, so a lot of people have felt like COVID stripped a year of eligibility. So I'm really happy that a lot of my teammates have decided to use that level or the next year of eligibility. Hmm. Um, tell us about Coach Kimmel because not a, you know this stuff doesn't happen unless you get great leadership. And obviously you you got leaders on your roster, but it looks like she's done a terrific job in kind of bringing this full circle for you guys. Yeah, Kirsten, I couldn't ask for a better coach. She's amazing. She really listens to us and really pushes us hard. She knows like what potential we have and she reminds us like you haven't reached your potential yet. You guys are still going and you just have to continue to work hard and keep your eyes on the prize. Her big saying is, you know, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint season, super long. So she really just puts things into perspective for us. But between her and Brooke Griffin, our attacking coach and Nick Williams, they are such a great trio um, of a coaching staff for our team and give us what we need. So they're an amazing coaching staff to work for. By the way, uh, I mean, we get into the whole Duke, North Carolina thing, a football game, basketball, obviously. Uh, we got that same little edginess when it comes to women's lacrosse. Did you say edginess? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, do we have that? Hey, it's Duke. It's Carolina. It doesn't matter what we're playing. It happens to be, by the way, for an ACC championship in the regular season. <laughs> I, I'm sensing whether it will be Boston College or whomever you were playing to be a big deal. But the fact that it's Duke in North Carolina has got a little extra oomph for tomorrow night. Yeah, I, you know, the rivalry, it's such a big college rivalry in general. Um, but this is just another game for us. You know, we treat it like another game. But there is definitely that rival piece of Duke and UNC. All right, but come on now, right? I mean, do you guys, is there practice sessions together? How many of y'all, the basketball guys back in the 70s and 80s, they wouldn't even think of playing pickup ball. Now they play pickup ball together all the time. Do you guys ever cross-pollinate, parties, social, nothing, huh? Oh, look at that. I'm getting to nothing right now. No, no you know, nothing? we don't practice with them. Um, you know, we're friends with some of the girls on the team, but other than that, okay. you know, we're, we keep a professional in season. All right. Uh, all right, let me ask you this. You're a goalie. Charlotte North, crazy talented, right? You did a great job. Two goals against BC. Holy cow. Uh, you. you get Ortega. We'll have Jamie coming up here next hour. She's an incredible offensive threat. Uh, compare the two from your perspective, uh, how they're different, maybe how they're similar. Uh, not that you're giving out any secrets, obviously, but I mean, you have a chance to see two of the great offensive goal scores when you see these two. So you tell me. Yeah, you know, I think I feel honored to go up against like two of the most like versatile attackers in the game. Um, they're both very talented. They both play very differently, though. Um, I think Charlotte, she definitely has a very unique shot. Sometimes it's harder to see the ball leave her stick, and she's, you know, very shifty with her stick, whereas I believe Jamie, she, you know, she's very speedy and she's quick, and she is a lefty, so it is going to be a different shot than Charlotte, who is a righty. Um, but, you know, again, it was super fun playing against Charlotte, and I'm excited to play against Jamie tomorrow night. You like, I mean, this is the battleground for you, right? I mean, when you get two of the more dominant scores in women's lacrosse, this is the, this is why you're on this stage, right? 
yeah, it's fun. It, it, it's really intense, but and you know there is like a mental piece to it and the preparation to go into it because you're the backbone of the defense. But it's it's super fun. <laughs> Love the attitude. Yep, super fun tonight, eight o'clock. Get ready, Jamie Ortega. By the way, in case you missed it, coming up at eight forty-five hour from now. So, but when we come back, heck, Duke Carolina, what's the deal this year? Seriously. Right? Oh, they love each other. I know. And women's lacrosse, no exception. Great games. But is it your favorite? What's your favorite moment of the rivalry? And, Pat, guess what we did in a stunning development? We put it on social media for people to answer. And they did. Oh, and they did. When we come back, chronicling the rivalry of Duke Carolina next on Packer and Durham. Good morning. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.